0: Welcome to Reptory Screenings, Episode Twenty. I'm your host M. With me are my regular co-host Jackson, hello, and Destiny, hello. And we're here to talk about some movies. That's us. I need a little more enthusiasm, Jackson. Like <laughs> twenty percent. Let's go. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm looking for, Jackson. What have you watched in the past two weeks? Um, I watched Parasite after you uh, said I should watch Parasite at the end of uh, the beginning of last episode. Yes. Um, it was a good time. But
0: that, that's it.
1: <laughs> I mean, I felt like that movie had been talked to death, but I, I really enjoyed it. Um, the whole like dynamic around it winning an Oscar has led to some very funny discussions. When um, the movie is kind of just very obvious and self-explanatory and good. Yeah. Um, Especially like so, I didn't watch it for a month because I thought it was a horror movie because everyone was like, "Oh, this movie's so fucked up and crazy," and don't know anything, don't know anything going in because there's just so so much ridiculous stuff. And the the trailers leaned into it a lot because they can't lean into any of the dialogue because it's all in another language and so you, you know you're yes. sell, selling American uh, selling American audiences that way. Um, it doesn't work. So it's all like ominous shots, cuts, shots of the basement and everything. Uh, so I just thought it was a horror movie. So I was like, can I watch this? Uh, and it wasn't. And I asked people, and they would go, um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't until uh, you watched it, you're like, no, it's not a horror movie at all. Watch the movie. No, not even a little bit. Not <laughs> even <laughs> a little, little bit. Um, there's the, the one big, uh, like, jump scare ish moment that I had, like, seen as a like single screenshot on Twitter going around as like the moment right before it happens, uh, slight spoilers, but there's a moment where a character is like looking center frame and there's like a dark, is in a dark environment, but then you see like a rope behind him for a second, uh, where a shocking thing happens. And like that was going around on Twitter. Like I was like, Oh, this must be something really bad. It really wasn't. (laughs) It just wasn't that movie at all. Uh, but I, I had a, I had a good time. Um, Glad I've seen it. Glad I just enjoy it. Um, I think the fact that it's like that this one has broken through and one is like very strange. I don't know. Um, I can't tell why why at any time like uh any movie will break through. But um, I'm very happy uh, for Bong Joon Ho, uh, the direct. Uh, you know, I, I've I've only seen a Snowpiercer, but this was better than that. I need to see his other movies. I really want to see Memories of Murder.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's the big one. I need to see.
1: You know, you're asked know like, "Oh, look, it's the cop movie." <laughs>
0: <laughs> look, we have a we have a we have a weakness.
1: We have a weakness, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, the only other film I saw was Advent Children. I don't know anything to say about oh, that. Oh, Final yeah. Fantasy
0: VII, Advent Children complete.
1: Yes, Final Fantasy VII, Advent Children complete.
0: Uh, uh we covered that on a normal <laughs> mapping five years ago at this
1: uh, point six years ago six
0: years ago so you can listen to us talk about that then um i don't want to relitigate nope. advent children it's a bad movie that i like a lot
1: <laughs> yeah
0: I- I- except for when i think about it then i just get mad
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes uh but yeah nothing to say about that on this podcast
0: <laughs> yeah um i guess i'll go next i i I uh, happened to fall into getting into my local Alamo's movie season pass thing, which I can pay a fee to see as many movies as I want uh, every month. And I was like, hell yeah, I'll do this. So now I can go see movies on the cheap. I have a movie. I'm going to go see Sonic in three hours. I'm very excited about it. Um, <laughs> But that meant that uh, I went to go see two movies uh, in the past couple days, and I have one... uh, You know, I'm seeing Sonic tomorrow tonight, I'm seeing The Lodge tomorrow, Uh, me and Destin are going to the movies on Thursday, now it's just movie time all the time, because the more movies I see, the cheaper they are. I'd be losing money not to go to the movies. (laughs) Uh, It's like a gym membership, but for your brain. Anyway, because Destin (laughs) will probably talk about the the first movie that we saw, I saw... uh, portrait of a lady on fire uh on uh, yesterday no not yesterday on thursday um which is uh, i need to get her name portrait of a lady on fire i'm not gonna be able to pronounce it because it's french um this is the new film by uh celine siama uh who is the director of tomboy and girlhood um we covered girlhood on an episode of this podcast when it was called trash ratio. And you should go listen to that episode, watch girlhood. It's good. Uh, portrait of a lady on fire is about a woman who's come to paint a portrait of a woman, uh, whose mother is trying to give her away to like a Milanese nobleman and to make the, uh, betrothal fast that he needs a portrait to see what she looks like. And she is being very difficult about posing for a portrait. Um, And so the painter tries to get, like, befriend her uh, so she can see her enough to paint the portrait. And the two of them end up uh, in a romance. Uh, It's good. If you like your, you know, slow burn historical dramas, uh, every time I go see one of these, I always think of the Eddie Azard bit. We've brought it up many times before. Uh, where someone walks in a room and someone's aligning matches and it's like Sebastian <laughs> um, <Yeah. and laughs> this movie definitely has that energy, but it's good. I liked it a lot. The thing about the Eddie is a bit is
1: I do like those movies. <laughs> yes. No, me too. Yeah. <laughs> they're a good. They're good movies. Um,
0: it, this one's like really beautifully shot. It's very, it, most of it is very bright because it's people painting in very bright rooms in the sun and walking along the beach. Um, And that part's great. It is not a huge tragedy uh, without spoiling too much of it. So you don't have to worry about that, which is always nice with the period gay film. You never know if you're going to be watching something that's just going to make you feel like dying the entire time. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just nice. It's just a nice romantic historical drama. I really enjoyed it. Um, Destiny, what have you seen? I saw Birds of Prey (laughs)
2: slash... Um, what's the full name of the movie? The Emancipation.
0: The Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Also now known as Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey.
2: <laughs> yeah, that movie was so good. Uh, I didn't expect it to be a bunch of little movies about each Birds of Prey move- member. And Black Canary being a black exploitation film just makes fucking sense. It's good. And I can't believe no one thought to do that before. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, this is the new Kathy, Kathy Ann movie, uh, which uh, Margot Robbie produced and stars in. It's interesting because, like, being sold as a Birds of Prey movie is really weird. Like, most of the movie is Harley Quinn's film. It is about her narrative of getting over the Joker, uh, who does not appear in the movie, thank God, because uh, fuck that guy. Um, and, yeah. Uh, it was great. I also had a great time. It's just a really good, like, it's a fun action movie. Like, all the action scenes are well shot and choreographed. You just get to see people beat the shit out of each other.
2: Yeah, the fights are insane. <laughs>
0: uh, it it earns its R rating with a, a lot of blood and swearing, and Ian McGregor choose every piece of scenery possible. Um, and I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I was surprised because Suicide Squad, uh, one of the worst movies I've seen in modern memory. <laughs> Um, it really yeah, was atrocious. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad she could just, like, demand this character to make the movie she wanted and was able to do that. Cause, uh, yeah,
2: I don't really have anything other to say about it. I just really, I I was surprised by how much I, I didn't expect to get much out of it, but I had a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: Um, Rosie Perez is really good at it. That's the real- Rosie pe-
2: Perez! <laughs>
0: yeah, she's great. Her Renee Montoya is very ridiculous and fun. Um... Liked it a lot.
2: Sorry, Rosie. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> God. Right. Uh, we'll talk about that when we get to our movie today. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, recommend you catch it while it's still in theaters if you can, because uh, it's nice just to just have an action movie where like, it's, it's not like a bunch of edits. It's not like a huge firefight. It's not a lot of like magical powers. It's just people, you know, kicking the shit out of each other. It's good.
2: Yeah, the way the villain gets his... Uh, no, no, no. You can't talk about in... this. <laughs> no, I'm not spoiling anything. I just want to say that that was refreshing. Yeah, it was pretty And good. very funny. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, yeah. Funny movie. It was good. I liked it. Um, I think that's everything. So we're going to get into our movie club movie this month or this week. Whatever. I always mess this up. We're watching the watermelon movie. (laughs) we are watching we are watching the watermelon woman which is uh directed written and starring uh cheryl dunier uh this came out in 1996 uh and uh destiny picked this one uh this is a story of uh dunier starring as cheryl who is clearly just like a Fictionalized version of herself who works at a video store, uh, trying to make a movie about, uh, this actress from 1930s Hollywood, uh, known as the Watermelon Woman because Black women were not credited in a lot of old films. Um, the Watermelon Woman is fictional, um, but the story about, like, you know, people who are lost to history and time, uh, you know, pulling from real life to make this fictional account. And the movie is about that also. Uh, the meta layers are a lot here. Um, there's also, uh, you know, Charles Denier is a gay woman. This is the first feature film directed by a black lesbian. Thank you, Wikipedia. Um, and is about, you know, being gay and black in 1996, Philadelphia. Um, also. So, Destiny, would you want to talk a little bit about why you picked this one? Um, it's a good movie.
2: <laughs> uh, I remember it being one of the first movies I had ever seen where uh, lesbians had sex Mm -hmm. because I'd I'd never seen lesbians have sex before, so shout out to this movie for teaching me that. Um, (laughs) I was very young when I saw it. Uh, I also remember feeling really close to this story of someone just trying to find her history and not really getting where she wants with it because it's so undocumented Mm -hmm. and it's it's hidden and it takes a lot for her to find what information she does find and and this is a fictional character um but yeah i just thought it'd be a good film for everyone to see I, i i i have a huge soft spot for this era of queer cinema because it was just like so cheap and so unique and i don't know just this era is very near and dear to my heart this is the era of go fish and gregoraki movies and uh watermelon woman is it's it's just perfect in that canon uh
0: yeah no that's fair um Let's start with Jackson, because I don't actually know what Jackson thinks about this movie. I didn't tweet about it, so you get to go first. <laughs> I guess that's
1: true. I really liked it. Uh, this movie's great. Um, it was... The thing... So I, I like, knew from the premise uh, like what the themes were going to be. and Now, that didn't really surprise me, but what did catch me off guard was that it was just... Like, everyone was posting cringe constantly. <laughs> uh, it is a very uncomfortable movie, just in terms of like the moment-to-moment comedy. Um, not, like... Not the capital U uncomfortable, just uh, the way uh, it, you know, it is, leans into that style of awkward uh, humor in its scenes. It's very good. Um, I am just very awkward. was <laughs> like, ah, it's hard to watch when that uh, woman tries to do, do that song. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Just that? That, yeah. Loving you. <laughs> and that scene, like, <laughs> there's a scene early on. Um, where she, uh, Cheryl's been taken on a blind date uh, <laughs> with uh, uh, her friend Tamara, who has a partner, and they're, you know, they're pretty stable, but Cheryl's come along, <laughs> gone on a blind date with this uh, this uh, girl of that, and she, before the date begins, she's like, no, you, last time you did this to me, this was awful, you can't do this again, and next time they go, and there's this uh, woman who just goes up and starts awfully singing at karaoke, but they're the, like, beginning of the scene, an incredible punchline setup up, uh, is, like, this guy this, this just, like, lanky white dude really also badly singing but nowhere near as bad. <laughs> and he just gets play applause and you're like, oh, this is just how it is. And, uh, oh, god. So, yeah, uh, the, like, moment-to-moment, um, jokes of the movie, uh, were very surprising, but, um, very well done. Uh, and, uh, like, the sense of what it meant to do archival work before the internet and how it, uh, like, uses that to show. Because uh, you, like, you can make a movie, like, the, the, the things are still true about how, you know, uh, Black women been erased from history and finding things up, up about, like, the truth of these narratives is still true. But uh, the way it goes down in this movie is obviously tied to, like, uh, phone calls and library archives and trawling around different cities to find people to talk to just, like, a different uh it was only only 25 years ago now basically uh so it just you know reminded me how much things have changed uh in that sense even if the like actual structures the movie's about are identical um but uh, yeah i I really i really liked it i had a great time i'm glad to watch it it's 84 minutes long
0: <laughs> uh the best link the movie could possibly be honestly yeah Um, I also thought this movie was really good. Uh, I was like, I had glanced at the synopsis, but tried not to read too much into it. And knowing a little bit about like, you know, early queer cinema, I was, I was worried it was going to be a bit of a downer. We talked about this a little bit with the Portrait of a Lady on Fire and didn't realize that we were walking into a comedy. So I was very happy to realize it was just a nice comedy, um, that has a lot going on in it. Um, and is very aware of that. Uh, it feels very like willing to have the conversations more than I normally associate with the genre, which is like, we need the representation of the stories, but also being willing to like pick apart those stories and make them messy and uh, complicated, I think is really good. Um, like, you know, she goes to the center for lesbian information and technology, also known as CLIT. And the archive is there is like this extremely just, like, all, like everything is on fire because this lady d- d- who runs it and refuses to take responsibility and is just dumping archive materials on the table but then refusing to allow her to film any of them because they're confidential. And, like, the reality of navigating these spaces when everyone is holding on to their piece of the narrative they've constructed and is not mm-hmm. communicating with each other I think is really good. Uh I mean, this goes into, like, Cheryl's relationship with Tamara who f- have a falling out over... You know, do you hang out with your friend or do you pursue this project or do you date this white girl I don't approve of because she's uh, rich and there's a lot of misplaced or maybe not misplaced, but, you know, aimless class anger uh, that Tamara represents in this Mm -hmm. movie. Um, All that stuff's really good.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the, like, constant, like, basically every third scene is a actual like just uh tomorrow show having like the actual thematic debate of the movie on the screen um which is very cool because you know I also don't associate it with this uh uh era of, of film um but I I you know we're always about that right where the characters just talk about the thing yeah um, uh, um and yeah no very funny and good uh, that uh the bit at the end where so they've been doing this the whole movie and they've basically all their scenes have been ratcheting up the tension um between them that they've been arguing for the whole movie and um i think this might be their last scene uh where they're on the phone they're having this argument and then the guy who's the boss of the video store is just so sick of this that he turns to the guy who's trying to buy the the video uh rent the video and just goes do you want a job I <laughs> it so fucking hard yeah. The best part about
2: that is he's like sure. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Without missing a beat. Just sure.
1: Yep. Um the just the rhythms of retail worker d- banter is very good. Um also very, you know, 90s. It's a thing that I like have small experience with just like the couple of jobs I've worked, but you know, that was that is a 90s thing. The energy is different now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it also, like, exists in, like, you know, this is post-Tarantino, post-Clerks, like, the idea of the filmmaker in the video store using that as a springboard for, like, the cinematic aspirational career is... There's so many motorcycles. I'm not gonna be able to let them out. It is warm here, and so people are just revving their motorcycles. I'm so grumpy about it. Um,
2: yeah, I keep muting my mic, and then every time I unmute it, the fucking motorcycle starts revving
0: loud. Oh, don't worry about it. There's gonna be loud. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, anyway, the atmosphere. Uh, yeah, the um, like. The way in which the the video store is used in this is, like, a reaction to those things just, like, two years late. Like, Clerks was 94. Like, uh, people are already, like, she's already using this as a shorthand for, like, mm-hmm. this, like, like, lo- like you know, entrepreneurial, low-rent version of, like, film school. Like, I'm going to aspire to this thing because I saw these movies and I care a lot about film. Uh, and it's good to see a movie just, like, interact with that, like, while it was still relevant. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and they're like the way it begins, right? When they're um they're filming that wedding, uh, and then <laughs> uh, she pays tomorrow, Tamara, and tomorrow's like, wait, we this is less money, and she's like, no, we gotta you know put some aside for this project. And Tomorrow's like, maybe you do all <laughs> <laughs> the fucking money, because just like doesn't have uh this like level of attachment to the like filmmaking side of it. She just wants to get paid, which is fair enough. <laughs>
2: I really like the self-reflexive tone of this movie. How, like, in that scene she mentions, uh, Guinevere Turner and Rose Troach's movie Go Fish, which was, like, this seminal lesbian independent movie of the early U.S. queer c- cinema. And, uh, then Guinevere Turner just shows up in the movie. <laughs> yes. As, like, this kind of flaky white girl who's into Cheryl. Uh... I I, I don't know. That tickled me.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: Not a joke that I got on the first time I saw this movie. So I'm glad that it, uh, you know, is so obvious now. Yeah.
0: I also, one of the things that's really interesting about this movie, uh, the version I watched anyway, which was on Amazon prime, uh, I don't know if this is true if you're, like, finding it online or whatever, uh, is the movie opens with, like, a bunch of credits about the restoration effort, like, you're watching a movie from the 20s, because time just keeps marching on like that, Um, and so there's all these title cards, and then it opens on the stuff that they're taping at the wedding, so it's just, like, VHS tape, you're like, oh, okay, wow, I mean, you know, movie looks like this. That's fine, because, you know, uh independent movies uh often shot on tape, and tape doesn't look great. But then it cuts to, like, the actual movie part, and the movie looks fantastic. <laughs> yes. Like, the restoration effort's done so much work, and the film's, like, so nice and clean, and it's like, oh, like... Yeah, 96 could just look good if you shot it on a good film and it looks great, but it makes all the bits that are on tape look even more, like, removed. Like, it looks so artificial compared to the actual movie
1: being shown, and it's very interesting, the friction there. Yeah, this is exactly what happened to me. I, I have, like, a downloaded version, but I um, I totally was like, wait, is the movie just shot on tape? I mean, it could have been, you know? I, I know it was a cheaply made 90s movie. And- yeah. So just, I would, I would believe that, that, and then, yeah, then it just cuts the, the scene shot of film. You
0: yeah, know, 90s, mid 90s, a bad time for fashion for all people.
1: <laughs> uh I've got, I've got a soft spot for it. I got a soft spot for
2: Annie. Shout out to Annie and all of yes. her looks. I would wear every single one of those right now.
1: Uh, one of the funniest <laughs> lines of the movie is, so, so both, uh, Tamara and Annie, despite being like sworn enemies, um are spending their time roasting Cheryl for just uh picking up uh, b- being picked up uh by this white girl. Um and uh Annie says like oh if if I uh, I'd have a name tag if I knew it was this easy and then Tamara does that and she she says like uh, if the dark colour ain't gonna work a name tag ain't gonna make any difference yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she gets all the good lines. Uh,
0: she really does. <laughs> yes. But yeah, uh I I like the the like the friction between Tamara and the rest of the cast is the character who's like not really interested in Cheryl's bullshit like they're friends but they're like friends by inertia and like general disposition and circumstance like Tamara does not care about any of the shit and Cheryl is going very deep into this pet project and watching them fight that I think is like really interesting because Tamara just wants you know Cheryl to find a nice girl and have a good time and enjoy the life in front of her and not worry about this obscure like movies from the 30s shit. Yeah, which is which is like a true like a a genuine concern because like looking at the stuff is not like happy investigation right like you know you're looking into like history of like racial violence and erasure and the problems with hollywood that exist to this day right like she is a you know black lesbian filmmaker making an independent movie uh well aware of the problems with caring about film
1: yeah and then like when like towards the end of the movie when she's like made some headway into finding the people there like they're kind of pissed off with her not like pissed off but like you know the the erasure from the other end looks very different right as they're like no this person had like a life and they did this and you you care about her because you saw her in this racist movie um and like the movie is absolutely about that like those two yeah those two Mm -hmm. truths colliding and both being important and how they navigate that um Mm -hmm.
2: I was going to say, Cheryl wants to tell this story about this, like, interracial relationship being very groundbreaking. And when she meets Faye's partner, it's like, why would you even include that woman in this story about her life? That was a small part of her life, and it had nothing to do... Like, this is not important, but uh, when Jackson says erasure, that's what they mean. Mm -hmm. Like, there's so many facets to this person.
0: Yeah, and, like, including, you know, a famous white woman's not going to, you know, it only furthers the narrative of the things that matter, that culture has put on all of this stuff.
1: And then there's that incredible scene where she, like, goes to the sister of this uh, white director. (laughs) Yes. has, like, taken it upon herself to tell her the truth about uh, how her sister was um you know in a relationship with a black woman in the thirties and the sister just isn't having it was like no definitely not it's all lies uh Diana's becoming mortified as Sherrod digs in on this and then like it ends with this incredible moment of like the uh black maid that still just works at her house walks in. Mm-hmm. Um and we've been like, you know, this whole movie's been about that You know, the mammy idea of how this was portrayed in films about uh, the past, like the films about the past in the 30s, and then this, like, one moment of, like, no, this is just the the world still, like, for a lot of people. Um, This didn't go away uh, and is still being dealt with. Like, you know, uh, uh, this white, the sister of this white director still has this class position, uh, and um, I thought it was a really good moment. Yeah.
0: Uh, that actress, the way in which she is like ridiculously offended is very good. That seems really amazing because you, uh, you definitely see the, like, friction to, like, oh, just, you know, like, you know, this family, she's she's telling stuff. Diana's definitely, like, not standing up for Cheryl at all. And nope. Cheryl just d- decides to go on one and, uh, like, announces in the voiceover of the film, this is where I'm about to go on one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, the voiceover really comes, really like, no, this is important and I'm going to do this. Uh, yes. And it's time to go on one. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: uh, oh, yeah. Uh, just... Speaking of people who are on one, <laughs> Camille Paglia. Oh my oh God. Oh my God.
1: How do I mean, I, she, so that was one where I looked that up and was like, okay, I, this is an actual academic and obviously the film's fictional because in the film I read it as like a parody of this kind of, no, 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 <laughs> this is what Camille Paglia is like. She's yeah, this person. She's a, she's a crazy person. Because yes. so I, I didn't, I didn't know this history and I, incredible that she was like let her film this because the movie knows that this is just a like ridiculous parody of what completely out yeah. of touch white academics. The, the, think. the
0: best part of it is is that it's filmed entirely like it's just a like she's going for information. This is a critic and we're just gonna let her talk like there's no reaction. There's no like context. You just give her the rope to hang herself with while she unrolls this whole screed about how Italians are also aware of race in America and how it's good. Uh, you know, you have to embrace the mammy and like watermelon aesthetics of uh, slavery and racism because they're actually part of the American experience. <laughs> and part of living life and it's just bonkers bullshit that this woman definitely believes. Not
2: only that not only that, the mammy is a goddess figure.
0: Yes.
2: She's a a goddess figure and the only thing I agreed with her on, because I just have to throw that out there, is like, okay maybe this, the watermelon can be a a symbol of joy, Mm -hmm. but that's it. That's the only thing. Her, Her just going, black academics don't know what they're talking about when they're studying black history was the gist of her entire spiel, and the fact that yeah, it's just presented without commentary yes. is fascinating.
0: Yeah, white uh, communism yes. beyond one.
2: <laughs> and this is after her book, her big book had come out, uh, sexual persona, and this woman's gross. Yeah, like, she's, she's a gross yeah. lady.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I I so I I got to see the movie because I didn't know the history of the uh, Camille Paglia. Uh, I was like, this this scene's amazing. Look at this ridiculous. Uh, c- character they've invented as a joke. <laughs> you don't need to do that because we all know these people are, are real. Uh yes. um, looked her up and she's like, no, just completely on one now. She's a huge tough because, of the fucking course, she is. Yeah, uh, yep. like you know, this this narrative writes itself. These people are real.
0: She's also like a pedophilia advocate. She's a fucked up person. Yeah,
1: no, I went, yeah, I went into the
0: yep. <laughs>
2: I used to read her when she had... I don't know if she still writes for The Nation, but I remember thinking, oh, I'm so smart for reading her. No, she's awful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's because the movie pokes fun at, like, this academic, like, overthink also. There's this great scene where she goes to interview... this woman who knew the water when she was singing, right? Like, yes. uh, and so she opens with, I went to interview this lady that my friend knew that, you know, worked forever. Uh, I think she's one of the sisterhood, meaning like she's a lesbian. And then like 30 seconds in the interview, she's like, Oh yeah, she used to sing for all of stone butches. <laughs> and like, this is the the narrative she puts over the movie. So it's after the fact, after this is revealed, she puts this very like remote. I think she might be a lesbian. <laughs> uh and i thought it was a very funny touch to like also cast this like you know uh very uh pretentious attempt to like over like uh what i want here like over sterilize these narratives even into cheryl making this movie um because that's definitely part of this experience for cheryl i think
2: the other cool thing about this movie is it has actual like I mean, obviously, like, she's p- Cheryl, pl- the real Cheryl playing a woman named Cheryl. Her real mom's in the movie playing her real mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an archiving of her own sort of narrative embedded in the film that I think is very clever. Yes.
0: Um which, I guess, brings us to the Watermelon Woman herself, who's uh, Faye Richards, who worked all these movies. A fictional character, like I said. And, but they show a bunch of scenes from these movies that have been shot to look like 30s movies, and they're amazing. <laughs> uh, the, the There's, like, historical photographs that are actually just, like, pretty good and thoughtful and, like, well-made. But the, the the movies themselves, the clips of the movies, are, like, just 10% too much. They, I told Destiny they veer into, like, 30 Rock cutaway territory. <laughs> <laughs> really do, because the first one she watches is like this this movie called Plantation Memories, uh, about the, you know the Wonder woman, woman is like this mammy character who goes up to this crying white woman to make her feel better uh, about her her boyfriend or whatever who's probably off fighting the Civil War or whatever, uh, and how an angel told her that he'll be okay, and it's just like the most overwrought bullshit version of these movies possible. It's really good. <laughs> Yeah,
1: the the clips are incredible.
0: (laughs) Yes, and they're just they're just a little too like everyone looks like they're from the '90s. Like you you know they're fake, but it's really well done. Um. uh,
1: Yeah. No. Like it's it is a movie made you know people who are are nerds about old movies made these right like yes uh, which is really cool and how that comes across because even though obviously the movie is fictional it's like real enough that you know that the people making this and like cheryl that is the director not just the character like also cares about the this history in the same way as the character um because a lot of the a lot of the like immediate um text of the movie is very critical of cheryl as a character um but it works because you know that the people making it also can. like because you know that like it starts from the point of everyone is just this the the narrative of the film can then question that yeah rather than having to advocate for it because it's just obvious from the start.
0: Yeah, also, you know, it's Cheryl Duvier poking fun at herself, right? right exactly. Like, because of that, like, without that, it would probably be too cruel, but it being self-effacing, I think, is, makes it good and charming.
1: Yeah, someone else couldn't make this movie about how, like, misguided a black lesbian <laughs> in Philadelphia tried to look up the history of black lesbian actors in cinema uh, is, you like, you just couldn't do that. You has yeah. to come from herself.
2: I really liked this movie. I don't really have anything else to say. I I also really liked it. I super enjoyed it. It made me really happy. Yeah.
0: I was really surprised at how genuinely delightful it was. Um, Throughout, I like it's just a good hangout movie. Also, for all the stuff yes. that we've been talking about, like Cheryl and Tamara and uh, just hanging out in the in the video store, I'd watch that for two hours. I don't care.
2: Yeah, I would watch just them working there. Bob, oh Bob,
0: <laughs> I love that he named the filing system after himself. Do you know about the Bob system?
1: <laughs> he's so and, he's so spot point, on.
0: Alice is like it's alphabetical, right? And Cheryl's like, yes, it's alphabetical. <laughs> <laughs> Cause she's working a different video store. They're like, "Oh, we're going to teach you
2: the system." <laughs> also, just shout out to fucking huge ass video stores in the '90s. God, that place looked like an ancient library. <laughs> yes.
1: Oh yeah, the amount of just like wow, the world has changed in the last 25 years. Uh, energies oh. off this movie are because stro- especially as it's about like how little is changed. Like because all the, the stuff that hasn't changed remains true. But yes. the surface level, like, interfacing with technology and video store and retail work, it's just d- different world.
0: <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess, with that, any final thoughts before we get to questions? Um,
1: Not really. I really liked it. Okay. Oh,
2: uh, my final thought is, okay, so she talks about h- the historical Philadelphia sort of, like, black community. Mm-hmm. Every major town has this yes. in their history, so I urge listeners to dig into this in their own towns.
0: Yep. Uh, for sure. The one in Omaha is uh, depressing.
2: <laughs> it's super, like, well, it's, I mean, it's depressing because it doesn't really exist anymore, yeah. but it's being rebuilt yes. and revitalized. its They're trying to fix that. And also, like, the actual stuff itself is really cool because a lot of it involves revolves around
0: jazz music yeah jazz music you know malcolm x was born here things like that
2: <laughs> it's cool yeah uh
0: all right our first question comes from alex uh who says really liked the aesthetics and the shot on tape quality uh much like tokyo drifter movies could just look like this it's really true <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I know I said it, uh, or, er, uh, last time, but you should watch some early Spike Lee movies. They even reference, uh, one of his early movies. Is it school days? That's the one that, yes. yes. Uh, cause they talk about all casting for the college movie, which I think is like a second or third movie, uh, which I don't like love, but it's a good movie and it's very colorful. Um, Uh, Really enjoyed the documentary framing, provides a sense of history and community for both Black and queer communities. Uh, Some of the characters in the interview segments are quite something. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, Having the other half of the movie be Cheryl and uh, Diana's ultimately doomed relationship was an interesting parallel with the story of Faye Richards. I'm glad that Faye and June found each other through the story. Finally, when Yvette got up to sing and announced she would sing Loving You, my life flashed before my eyes and I was only proven right.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's just so much. It's so much. It's
2: the funniest scene in the movie to me. Lord, Aside from all the Bob moments. You, is it...
0: Oh, God. Uh, the thing I always think of is uh, Vegas Vacation, I Turn Destiny, because there's a scene in that song where the Griswolds go to Vegas and they go to the Wayne Newton like lounge show, and he calls Beverly Dillinger up on stage and is like putting the moves on her to have her sing this song, uh, and it's like burned into my brain because uh, I saw Vegas Vacation first, so that's what the vacation series is for me, because uh, it was on television when I was a child. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, but she, uh, Beverly D'Angelo, hits that high note.
2: <laughs> yeah, gets that. Is it an F? South Park had a whole bit about that. I have no note. idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's Maya Rudolph's mom. For people who didn't know that, yeah, Minnie Riperton.
0: Um And then we have questions from Tron. Uh, who is your favorite character in the movie?
2: Mine was the guy. The the guy that. Uh, was sort of a race film collector who didn't seem to have anything on women at all, just seemed to disregard women yeah, no. in his archiving. <laughs> and also, he was just really funny. Yes,
0: it's very, like... Like, the minute where Tamara points out, no, of course you don't know have anything about women, you're a gay man. He gets so, like, huffy and offended and, like, marches <laughs> so out of the good. room. <laughs> He's got a drama slot. Yes. In his home. Yes. <laughs> I was a little jealous. He's like, like, everything here is vintage except for this sign, because you know who serves the drama.
1: It's just a neon sign that says (laughs) drama. It's so good. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Uh, everything with him was just spot on. It was amazing.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he. I could watch a whole movie about him. Uh, Destiny, point out, one of my favorite extras in the movie is when they're talking to the reference desk, who's like the most unhelpful, sniffy guy, behind them is a guy in the library who's just like staring at Cameron, like fidgeting and like taking up all of the attention in every scene <laughs> that he's in. <laughs> Like, he's so he's like trying to play
2: impatient but it totally reads as i'm ready for my scenes. Yes.
0: <laughs> and it cuts right before he asks the uh reference guy what he's like the thing he's looking for and i was so sad about it like the backgrounds of every shot is definitely populated with like characters that clearly are either just local people or people that like uh cheryl denier knows because they're definitely all characters <laughs>
2: Yeah, there's a white surfer dude that goes into the video store, yes. and just his walk is hilarious. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and there's like nothing said. Like he's only on screen for a few seconds, but it's it's so good. Yes, so many good extras in this film. Yes, who's your favorite character? I, I T- Tamra's a big uh, winner as
1: well. Yeah, no, I was gonna say uh, <laughs> her as well because uh, just anytime you need someone to like just like cut through uh the energy of the sea and just say some bullshit that needs to be said yeah. <laughs> it's very yeah, tomorrow's good tomorrow's definitely the standout here
0: yeah for sure
2: i don't know why i pronounced your name wrong that was weird uh, oh, i was, was about your... to say tomorrow oh, and
1: then you said tamara and i was like wait did am, am i wrong so i just said her uh, too <laughs> but no uh, it was you what was your favorite or most
0: memorable video renting store experience
2: I was just there all the time. I don't know, I don't really have specific stories. I was just there all the time. I
0: rented everything. Jackson, have you ever rented a movie?
1: Yeah, I've Okay, because you laughed as if your answer was, I don't have one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of true. I went to the Blockbuster a few times when I was younger. Um, but I, they, like it was a Blockbuster around the corner. That And Blockbusters always felt, had a specific kind of depressing energy to them. Um, so this kind of like video store where you talk to people. Just never in my life. Just not a thing. Uh, Uh, When
0: I was in college, uh, there was a video store, side store inside of a record store in the downtown area you could go to and i went in there and there was like upstairs and you could they just had like dvds it was all stuff that was definitely like there's a college right next door these kids will want to see these movies and they had a copy of ichi the killer which was out of print and very hard to get hold of at this point that correct put down a fifty dollar deposit to rent the movie in case you want to just steal it for yourself because valuable movie uh and so we definitely scrounged together that money to put a deposit on the movie to rent it and then watched it and then i didn't even like it uh <laughs> the killer is not very good but that is probably my most memorable experience other than one time we went and the blockbuster was offloading all of their like asian horror and we ended up buying like all of the tomies for like three dollars a piece and watching wow. them all at once uh which was good. that's cool. Yes.
2: That's so funny to me because when I saw Ichi the Killer*, I just saw it. I rented it at Blockbuster. Yeah, <laughs> like like not even, probably years after the fact, but <laughs> just fun. This would have just been this would have been fall of
0: two thousand four, I think.
2: Okay. It almost have to be. My best friend worked in that very video store when she was a student at that very school, but she's a few years older than us.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> uh. I guess I'll ask this one. We can uh, we cut it if it's weird. Uh could any of you relate to this movie's feelings or thoughts on dating people with a different ethnicity to your own? I've really
2: only dated people that aren't my ethnicity. Not on purpose, but I'm definitely like always doing soul searching about it because it's 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 something that it's all I've known. Mm-hmm. Uh this movie does a really good job of sort of critiquing it without Judgment? I don't know what, like, there's a bunch of other, like, characters judging it, but the film itself doesn't really, like, the reasons why Cheryl and Diane don't work out have nothing to do with their racial Mm. differences. It's, you really, okay, well, maybe I'm wrong, I don't know, I felt like it was more of a, like, they were running on lust, and it, it wasn't an actual, like, bond.
0: So for me, like, very much like, uh diana like there's a big question that tamara and her girlfriend bring up like does diana have a type is she going around just dating you know black women and black men we find out um and you know she's the uh predatory bisexual a little bit uh because this is a movie from 96 uh and it's kind of left up in the air but the thing that's really interesting to me is like Cheryl's the kind of person who will never put Diana on the spot to have a conversation about it. And Diana's the person who can never have the conversation about it. Uh like they bring it up a little bit when she talks about it. she's like, Yeah, I had black boyfriends, and Cheryl gets up and like makes one snide comment about it. And then Diana's like, What, do you want her to say something? And she's like, No, I'm gonna go. And then they don't talk about it, and you gotta talk about it. Like I mean, that's uh, the as last a white scene. Person, yeah, as a white person who's like, you know, me and Destiny were in a relationship for a long time, you have to have the conversations <laughs> As the white person, you have to be willing to engage with that stuff. Otherwise, you're the problem. Yep. And, like, she wa- she walks, she waltzes into dinner, and she's clearly being interrogated by Tamara and her girlfriend. Like, you know, you're this white lady coming in, talking about how you've traveled the world, and were born in Jamaica, and you love telling people you were born in Jamaica. And it's just, like, every red flag for, like, wealthy white person doing some, like, tourism with the culture that exists.
2: No, you're right. I, I I didn't read it that plainly at first, but like I'm still set. we just watched the movie right before mm-hmm. we recorded, but yeah, no, she's definitely more red flaggy than I initially thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I don't know. I think uh, yeah, they were never going to be the great romance. <laughs> no,
0: uh, but the thing the thing I think that's like continually. Like, the movie shows is, like, the space is worth navigating even if it's weird and complicated, right? Like, if they had the conversation, maybe it would have worked out. But they didn't. Cheryl left to go work on the movie, and thus it drifted apart because that's all it was going to do if she w- if they weren't going to have the confrontation.
2: And the movie opens with, like, a clear biracial marriage, interracial marriage. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a black a man and and a jewish woman and their families blending and it's it's shown as like this like beautiful thing even if there is sort of this judgment of how rich they are (laughs) uh but like the the i don't think the film is saying that cheryl's in the wrong for dating white women Mm -hmm. but it definitely is critiquing her for not interrogating why she's Constantly dating or just white like women the or white or women in her life, right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> um, Jackson, do you have any thoughts on this? Or are you just gonna let it go?
1: I mean, I, I was, uh, you know, I've, I've not had like a huge long term relationship in a while, my so my main one was in high school, uh, <laughs> and uh, it was, I, it was, you know, <laughs> the best term is, but yes, I I was white and my partner was black, and uh, it was a bit awkward because i was an idiot in high school right like uh, yes. i did my i did my best i was well intentioned um but definitely mistakes were made there um on you know just what it means to be in a relationship when you're 16 years old uh and my friends were really awful about it so i was like stuck between like boys in high school who were just extremely racist me trying not to be but also being like a well-intentioned um white teen boy who was very insecure and sad uh and then my girlfriend like gradually gradually getting like actually radicalized five years before i did um which uh see i just have some like uh feelings about that but nothing like you know no lessons or wisdom other than when you're young you're an idiot yeah
0: um what are your thoughts on the sex scene in this movie? I asked because it seemed sensual, you uh, know, but in a way that was like surprising, though not bad. Uh, I, the thing that happened when the sex scene kicked off, because Destiny told me, like, oh, this is the first time I'd ever seen lesbians having sex, is the ludicrous music playing over <laughs> Thank it. Thank <laughs> you. Because no one knew how to score a sex scene in the 90s, apparently. <laughs>
1: God. Right off the yeah. love and basketball just had this exact same <laughs> yes. thing. It's I guess one. it's extended <laughs> to
0: the odds. Maybe all sex scenes in film are bad, actually.
1: <laughs> like,
2: the actual sex itself is, like, very, like, beautiful, and they seem to be having a lot of fun, but <laughs> the music <laughs> brings this air of, like, this is very serious. This is the most important. Lesbians having sex is so capital I important right now look at the import of these bodies uh to and to we're spoiled now it it just it i don't know why that tickled me Mm -hmm. it tickled me so
0: yeah um i think that's it for questions uh so that'll bring us to the end of the episode next time we are watching dolomite from 1975 uh you can get this in the us i think it's streaming on amazon let me check real fast this is streaming on prime video uh canopy if you've got it fandor i guess which according to this site we use uh seems to be owned by amazon at this point which i did not know uh to if you want to watch ads but you know don't do that um
1: jackson where is it in the uk it is on prime video in the uk uh for stream yep that's that's just for stream you can buy the on Good. iTunes as well yeah, um, yeah of course it does not seem to be as unavailable as the last movie. So last time people like people had trouble getting hold of it, including me <laughs> in terms of like, it was only in a few places in America, but also it was really hard to find just on the internet in a way that we usually yeah. take for granted. Uh, but this seems yes. like it should be findable. Oh yeah.
0: You yeah, know, I looked, uh, you have to put push past Dolomite is my name, which is the Netflix movie that came out last year about the making of Dolomite. I don't actually know. Cause I haven't watched it yet. I wanted to watch Dolomite again first. Uh, Cause it's been a while since I've seen it. Um, but yes, I, we're going to try because we have list like you know, normal mappings a relatively pro piracy site. I understand that. I try to find stuff streaming, and we've I've rented every movie that is available for rent that we watched here. But I know that's not the reality for everyone. Um, and a lot of our listeners, we have a listener who is like in Serbia, right? Mm-hmm. And they, you know, it's not streaming in Serbia. <laughs> Watermelon is not available on any streaming site there. You, a lot of our listeners need torrents. And we're going to try to make sure, do the check, make sure that it's available. And we'll probably pick our movies based on that. Uh, if it's not available to get somewhere, we probably won't bring it up. I don't think that's going to be a huge problem. It's usually all right as long as, you know... You're willing to go digging. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to find a movie that just isn't available. Uh, like we said, we were able to get a hold of Water Woman uh, after a bit of work, so that's good. Um, and that'll be the the general tenor of movie selection going forward. So that's good. yes, nice to know. Um, but apologies for anyone who had trouble finding this one if you don't <laughs> yeah. live in America. Um, so that's it. Plugs, Destiny. Where can people
1: find you?
2: At Fridge Buzz now. Pretty much everywhere.
1: Jackson. You can find me at Headfuls Off. You can find the podcast we do at abnormalmapping.com. There are loads of them there. We just did mm-hmm. Time Spinner uh, for Abnormal Mapping, our game club, and it was a good episode.
0: Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being and this podcast and all of our podcasts can be supported at our Patreon patreon.com slash abnormal mapping uh, for $1 you get me and Jackson talking Gundam every week for $5 you get a letter every two weeks from one of us for $10 you get VoIP life, which is me and Jackson just goofing around talking about whatever. Um we recently had a big episode about Final Fantasy VII and Picard, which is because it's the only place that Picard talk is ever happening on our network. Um, we're about to do a movie quiz, like a movie music quiz, so look forward to that. I'm going to do very poorly, I'm sure. Um, Jackson's been building a real nightmare for me, I think, so I'm excited to do that. Um, there's good content, and it keeps us going, because without people's support, we literally wouldn't be able to do this, so thank you, everyone, who pledges. And as always, tell your friends. Uh, this is like... Probably our least watched or listened to podcast, because I know movie podcasts are weird. I don't listen to a lot of movie podcasts myself, because I'm like, I haven't seen the movie. I'm not going to do this. Um, But if you think someone would be interested in particular episodes, you can go to our Back catalog, send them to them. uh, Tell your friends that we're good and worth following along with, because we haven't watched a bad movie for this podcast ever. So, you know... Feelings on torque notwithstanding, so it's, it's a problem. It's problematic, but you know, it's it's fine. I was glad I revisited it. There's parts I really liked in it, but generally all bangers. So, movies are good. Yeah. Uh, until then, check out some movies. Uh, there's a really good lineup on Criterion this month. Uh, they have a um, oh God, uh, who's the guy who made uh Solaris? The Russian guy.
2: Pertofsky? yes
0: they have a whole collection of his movies including stalker which i think we're going to do in in a month i think that's going to be the movie after next because i want to watch it um so announcing that in, or in advance after we get through dolomite whatever is after dolomite um and uh so there's there's great stuff every month they put out a whole list and it's overwhelming it's like this is so many movies how am i ever gonna watch these but mikey and Nikki's on there so you need to watch mikey and Nikki. that's the real end point of this whole speech watch mikey and Nikki.
1: Uh, they're like great them. they're good friends <laughs> yep oh they they're the best of friends but do not expect to like them <laughs>